Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello and welcome to this episode of That's What She Said. This is called Brave is Just Another Word for Vulnerable. And this is a bit longer than usual. Uh, you'll, if you'll recall, or you've been around for a couple of years now, uh, I, I did a whole two-day workshop about Brave. And so this was incredibly difficult to narrow down into something um, succinct, like 20, 25 minutes of talking. So I got it to six pages and you're just going to have to deal with the awesomeness. All right. So um, this whole thing is uh, all about uh, the voice uh, workshop that I desperately want you to come to. It's in Philadelphia on May 20th and 21st. And so um, it's about that. And it's also about um, just generally helping you to find and then use your voice. So this belief, like, oh, you have to go find your voice, like it's in there and it's by using it that it gets stronger. It isn't like, oh, you just dig it out one day and then it's perfect. And so these are ways to help you find your voice by going in there and digging around and seeing what's happening. So it's just tips, suggestions, and like really fucking smart questions that take a lot of effort to create to get you in there thinking about and uh, finding out about your own voice and your own self and your own interior continent. The second thing is that you can leave uh, tips or gratitude in monetary form or review in non-monetary form at kristenkelp.com slash podcast. If you enjoy this, if you um, love this, if you think it's fun, if it's helpful, um, it's, it's been useful to you in any way. Reviews help people find it and uh, tips help me to buy ridiculous sequined outfits that bring everyone they meet joy. If I'm being honest, that's what I buy with the tips. <laughs> you can't just use it to pay bills. You have to really be like, okay, I'm buying sequins. And whenever I wear them, I will know that they came from my listeners who value uh, what I do and the way that I do it. And that's somehow like, it's like wearing a cloak of gratitude, which is amazing. And I'm wearing sequins right now. So if you hear weird rustling, it's sequins, baby. This is part five in the voice podcast series, past 
episodes have included your work is not your worth. Um, this is what your work or what your voice has to do with your work and worth. How to take time off, which was an introduction to wild, nice and kind are not the same, an introduction to kindness. Um, and this one is brave is just another word for vulnerable. You do not have to go in order, though I do recommend that your work is not your worth for every human trying to be an entrepreneur on the planet. Um, and let's begin. When I uh, talk with my peeps, especially my coaching peeps in leadership and KK on tap one-on-one about being just a little more vulnerable in business, they usually freak out. They go to like worst case big brother scenario in which every secret they've ever had is laid bare. And then it's on a reality show that's beamed into every home on the planet and it's shot in HD so that every pore on their face has its own character line. And that's not the case. So when I, when I ask or suggest vulnerability, um, it's, this is the sort of brave that affects your voice or lack thereof the most. And that's vulnerability, but it is not a zero to 100 scenario. And that's what we're going to talk about. Let's dive into first, what keeps you from being vulnerable, where you're most likely to waste your vulnerability juice. Cause it is juice. And once you're out of it, you have to wait till the next day to get it refilled or the next week. Uh, and what it might look like to turn one of the scariest acts most females can imagine asking for help into a game. And I mean that sincerely and truly, and I have this game on my refrigerator visible to me at all times when I am working from home, okay? So first, just a word to calm the parts of you that are freaking out if I even mention the word vulnerability, um, let alone start to talk about it. Vulnerability doesn't have to happen all at once. If you hear crunching, it's because Neville has decided to enjoy a snack at the same time that I'm recording this. <laughs> um, Vulnerability doesn't have to happen all at once. You do not have to go from being a master of mystique with no social media accounts and no blog and no ability to be contacted on your website to spilling your sexiest secrets in one fell swoop. Often, for most business owners, the first steps into vulnerability are going to be fairly mundane. They're going to look like having your face on your website, your face in a headshot without your partner, your kids, your dog, your tools of the trade, your cats, or a photo from the last 10 years that you just sort of think fits okay. It's just you and it's current. Add your full name, your location on the planet, and your phone number and email address so potential clients can actually contact you. And voila, you are 30% more visible than you were mere moments ago. And that's going to feel vulnerable. When you're even a shade more, vis- more visible, you are going to be tempted to retreat and to stop making the sort of cutting edge work that's calling to your spirit at this moment. Please don't give in to that temptation to stop making, doing, or calling rad stuff into being. Please don't download a freebie from some expert white dude on the interwebs and build the instant product that's already done for you if you just fill in the quote unquote content. Please don't do that. Nobody needs that. Likewise, at the other end of the spectrum, please don't fall for the trap that you are already visible enough. And if you were any good, everyone would already know about you by now. Um, your asshole brain is going to try and convince you of the old Kevin Costner, if you build it, they will come mentality and try to convince you that if you were really gifted, you'd have moved $1 billion worth of product in the past four minutes by activating your new Squarespace website. <laughs> Don't listen. That is not true. On average, overnight successes take between seven and 10 years to happen. 
you will also naturally want to come up with a six-step program or light and airy product that's easy to sell when what your spirit wants is to combine words and meetings and breathwork and books in ways no one has ever seen before or hold a workshop that won't sell nearly as one about sales or nearly as well as one about sales. Uh, at least that's how it is for me at the moment. So I just want to make you aware of the choice here that I could be selling a workshop called Sell More Stuff. And I'm not. I'm selling a workshop called Voice. Because when you get the voice part right, the selling becomes easier and it's a natural outflow of that. But the thing behind the thing is your voice. It's so much easier to sell the ninth step and then pretend that everybody can keep up. And really, I'm trying to go back to step zero, which is your voice. It's in there. Let's dig for it. And then you're ready to take the sales advice that everyone else is giving. Let's explore a few ways you can be vulnerable without throwing yourself over the metaphorical cliff and getting deeply hurt, thus undoing all your progress and giving another victory to the just sit down and shut up, you've got nothing to say voice in your brain, okay? The first is to make the work even if you don't show it to everyone. I write poems that no one sees all the time. I write stuff that gets deleted. I make paintings and and works of art that no one has seen except people that have come to my house because they're sort of sitting around. Um, the willingness to be vulnerable with yourself, with your own feelings, desires, insecurities, fears, and demons is the only way to be comfortable sharing any of your vulnerable bits, including a current picture of your face, with anyone ever. Also, let's talk about Hilma. Hilma F. Clint. So Hilma, middle initials AF, as fuck, except way back before as fuck existed. Hilma F. Clint uh, was a Swedish painter and mystic born in 1862 who died in 1944. She was classically trained in art. She displayed landscapes and botanicals widely throughout her lifetime. But her secret work... In secret, she created painting after painting that was not to be viewed until a full 20 years after her death. Like, she literally wrapped them up and put a secret code on them. It was a plus sign and then an X sign that was like, this doesn't, this doesn't get touched for 20 years. It wasn't that she was scared to show the work. It was that she knew the world wasn't ready. She was ahead of her time and her peers wouldn't have gotten it. She was completely right, and her work is currently, at this moment, on display across five floors of the Guggenheim Museum in New York City. The ongoing discovery and study of her work has caused art history books to literally be rewritten because the dudes who got credited for first using X or Y technique with regards to abstraction uh, are no longer accurate. It was Hilma first. It was just that her work was hidden for 20 years. So go be a Hilma. In other words, don't self-censor. Even if you only make stuff that lives in a closet or drawer or under a bed or is kept wrapped in brown paper until 20 years after your death, you're much further along than those who let their best, most vital work languish in their minds never to see the light of day. Or worse, the people who make mediocre, quote-unquote, safe work while trying to appeal to everyone ever. Introverts at Work helps you beat your vanilla appeal to everyone impulses, if that's interesting. It's a book. It's $19.69, available on my website. And we literally go through how to unvanilla yourself, because it solves a lot of your problems. Um, the don't self-censor step is impossible to view from the outside, and no one can hold you accountable for doing it. So I can only say it and hope you hear me. Don't self-censor. Don't self-censor. Don't self-censor. Don't self-censor. Be a Helma. The parts of yourself that you're most afraid to show to others will often be the parts that are embraced with the most love or with a retrospective at the Guggenheim. 
I started writing about my struggles with depression in 2013. It is now 2019. I was certain that somehow the world was going to shatter. People were going to stop hiring me. I would be fending off flaming bags of dog turds for writing that article. Um, and instead, people wrote kind notes. Six years later, um, the bub is now like chewing the wall, in case you hear other noises. <laughs> Six years later, that original article is the number one most popular thing I have ever written. It's sad. It's true. It's a both and. Um, peeps have sent me emails and letters, and they've hugged me upon meeting to let me know that I've helped. Years later, I still get thank you notes for that first article. And that first article didn't do anything. It didn't end with 84 steps to end your depression forever. It didn't recommend miracle supplements that I was selling to solve your life. It didn't even conclude with a happy ending, meaning I'd suddenly been cured or fixed and could help you out of the dire, horrible places in your own brain. It simply acknowledged my ongoing struggles with mental illness and let my peeps know that I was still alive and working. And somehow that continues to give people hope. Please remember this when you are tempted to believe you're not being useful enough. Acknowledging what you're going through without rushing to make it a happy ending is useful. Sharing your story while you're in it is useful. Further, you can unfold by degrees. From that first article with depression, it took two years for me to go deeper. And I wrote things like keeping the wolf at bay and hard-won depression tactics you can actually use and the depression chronicles. Uh, more recently, I've talked about handling suicidal ideations. Uh, that's in the tell on yourself episode of the podcast. Unfolding by degrees means you don't have to share your experiences in the present. It took a full year for me to talk about my divorce, which was five years ago now, four or five years, uh, in any capacity. It took two years for me to admit the full cost of having hosted Brand Camp publicly. Remember when I, when my website was not Kristen Kelp, it was Brand Camp, but like this one time at Brand Camp and I held a camp and lost 43 grand. Yeah, that. I'm going to go check on the bub and be right back. Okay, so uh, the bub was, in fact, being a puppy and uh, just tearing away at the wall. So I've switched locales, hoping he's going to stop doing that. And, uh, yeah, we're going to keep, we're going to keep going as my wall gets destroyed. Um, I had depression for more than a decade before I talked about it with anyone other than my doctor and my best friend. Please don't be me. Please talk with other professionals and humans and people who love you, even if you don't put it on the Internet. Uh, I still haven't talked about medical marijuana anywhere because my inner Nancy Reagan is rather strong. So, yeah, I don't know what to tell you except that uh, coming soon or not soon, possibly years from now. <laughs> uh, vulnerability means, in the words of either Brene Brown or Glennon Doyle or both, in some class they taught that's no longer online, uh, writing from our scars, not our wounds. You don't have to share your wounds, but you can write or sew or dance or make or leap or film or photograph your way through them. You can take notes to use as fodder. You can keep an open running list of this will be funny someday vignettes on your computer. You can move through a tragedy of any kind from a ruined favorite shirt to the death of a loved one. Obviously that's a spectrum. Knowing that someday, somehow, this too will be a scar. 
you don't have to accept feedback in the in the vulnerability crucible here. When you're putting work in the world, you are not required to ask for or to accept feedback of any kind. I was listening to Elizabeth Gilbert speak, and she said that when she was getting a divorce to go and be with Rhea, uh, which means she was also sort of becoming a lesbian for a moment while Rhea was dying, and that was new information for her family, um, that she said, this is what's happening, this is what I'm doing, and I'm not taking questions right now. And I will eventually. Like, that very firm boundary, even about your life stuff. This flies in the face of all those people who want you to run beta programs and then give feedback before you launch a thing, or to put your soul's work up in simplistic polls on social media, like, do you want me to do this or this? Thus letting strangers talk you out of what every fiber of your being wants to be making next. This is harmful. This is uninteresting. This is dangerous. If I followed the advice of even my dearest, most loved and beloved clients, I would only talk about marketing and sales not about honing your voice, not about vulnerability or depression or the hardest bits of being in business, and certainly not about tiny, annoying progress. You are in no way, not once, not ever, required to hear the feedback of critics or of total strangers. This especially applies to completely subjective works of all kinds. The minute you let somebody else's opinion matter more than your own internal barometer, your work gets diluted. And diluted work is not as potent by definition because it's diluted. <laughs> so the questions here are, are you pushing your own limits? Are you scared shitless by what you're making next? Do you stand beside what you're making or what you've already made? Would your past self be proud of what you've created? Or is your future self going to be proud of what you're already creating? Those are the questions that will get you out of bed in the morning and do things to you. And the answers to those questions are far more fucking important than whether someone somewhere on the internet who you don't even fucking know approves. I am so fucking fired up about this. I really don't give a shit what people think. Um, and personally... On a slower note here, uh, I've got three people I trust to look stuff over and tell me where it's falling down or if it's falling down. I run any harsh critique that comes my way through those people to see if it's valid or if it's just trolling. Um, and I ask my clients for feedback once they've worked with me and address their concerns one-on-one -on -one if they have any. And that's that. So it's not saying that I don't accept feedback. It's saying that I accept the feedback of beloved humans and actual clients who have paid me actual dollars. You, dear human, are not required to ask for feedback at any point. Sometimes work is better when it's yours and only yours. Too often, we give others' opinions far more sway than our own at some delicate point when the aliveness of the whole project hangs in the balance. Like, if I just listen to this, then I'm going to get rid of that whole thing that's the part of the project I was most excited about, but somebody somewhere on the internet said that wasn't a good idea, or it didn't do that well in my Instagram polling, so I'm going to get rid of it now forever. Stupid! That is stupid and terrible, and we do it all the time, and don't do it anymore. And now little kitty needs to go out. This is a hassle of a podcast to make. It's very tricky when the animals have needs. Okay. The other part of being I'm so excited. The other part of being vulnerable is that you can minimize vulnerability whenever possible so that you're not wasting your vulnerability juice. We all know the nerve-wracking sensation of putting a thing into the world, whether it's a workshop or a workbook, a new product, a revamped product, a new service, um, and whether it took two years or two weeks to bring to fruition, 
it's still incredibly nerve-wracking. You can minimize that vulnerability so that you can use that juice in other places. When it comes to bringing your work to the public, start with a sure thing. I sell every single book, program, product, class, whoosie, what's it, or thingamabob I make to a sure thing before I release it to the general public. Meaning, I make a thing, and then I ask one of my favorite peeps to buy it, knowing the person will say yes. In the case of the voice workshop, which you should come to, I invited my KK on tap, so it's my year-long clients, and my stereoship peeps to attend first, knowing the cost is included in their coaching, and they are therefore more likely to hop on board. They just have to pay to get to Philadelphia. That's how I got the first seven attendees within a week, and how I got past the what if no one signs up ever hurdle. So now I I know that people are going to show up, and that I'm going to make this thing, and that it's going to be a good time no matter who else signs up. The sure thing method, trademark pending, uh, takes away the vulnerability of, oh God, what if I don't sell any of that thing? And it frees me up to release my work into the world with less stress about how it will perform financially or how it will perform in general. If seven people are coming to see me do a workshop, I'm going to be on my A game. It's going to be amazing. And they are going to get a fantastic experience. And then from there, other people are invited to join. Cool. I would love to see you there. But it isn't like, oh, God, what if no one shows up? I don't know. (laughs) That's the sure thing method. If you want to sell a new thing, start by hitting up the people who told you to make that thing in the first place. If If they've bothered you to teach yoga for years and now you've got classes on the calendar, ask them to come. They've been hounding you to paint and you've just finished a bunch of pieces. Ask them to buy. Speaking of which, you should come to voice. You will love it come along. Um, Ask, 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 ask. And asking is always vulnerable and therefore brave. This is me telling you that you're not broken or weird if you find asking for help or asking for a sale to be almost impossible. The good news is that it gets easier with time and practice. I used to feel like I was going to puke every time a person emailed to ask about hiring me. Like I would get weird, jittery, pukey feels. Uh, And now I'm just like, okay, cool. Let me make sure that we're a good fit. Okay, great. Here's the link. Awesome. Great. Um, And then the game part of minimizing vulnerability, which is fucking genius. And the concept was introduced to me by Nick MacArthur. Um, This was originally from our ballsy class, but I, I sort of went into more depth with it here. Is to start a no collection. Start a no collection when you begin to ask for help and when you begin to ask uh, for sales. So the next time you make a thing, or even just starting right now, aim to ask for something so outrageous or out of your league that you collect 10 no's. You will get far more yeses along the way than if you only make safe asks. And you are mentally prepared to spin every no as a good thing. So when you get a no, you're not wasting vulnerability juice. You're adding it to your collection, which is one of the jobs that you have right now. This is fucking revolutionary. I have a no collection poster on my fridge and I write down when I get a no and I have not yet filled the chart out yet, which means I need to ask for more stuff. If you're like, I don't fucking know what to ask, here are some questions to get you started. Can I be on your podcast? Will you talk about this new thing with your people? Will you come to my workshop? Will you hire me? Can I use your space to meet with people? Do you want to talk on the phone? Do you want to feature this article or feature me in an article? Can you help me plan for X? Can we get coffee and talk about Y? Would you be willing to look over blank and review it before I share it? That is only to select people, as we've discussed. Uh, Or do you have any insights about X? 
can I just talk through this with you? These are, those, that's a big range of huge ask to tiny ask, um, getting coffee with a friend all the way up to like, will you spend thousands of dollars with me? But those asks get easier with time. Asking is a muscle that you have to build. And the easiest way that I know to do it, that I wish I had had a lot of years ago, is to start a no collection. The bigger the ask and the bravery involved, the more exciting it is when you get a yes. This also keeps you from giving up on potential clients who have ghosted you because if you follow up enough to get a no, you can add it to your collection. There is no ghosting collection. There is no, oh, I didn't try that hard collection. When you follow up with your sales, you get a yes or you get a no. A yes is great and a no goes in your collection, so it's also great. That means all responses except ghosting are great. I am so pumped for this episode. Holy shit. <laughs> Finally, there are laws, there are rules, and there are opinions. Distinguish between the three carefully. This saves you so much vulnerability juice. People will take it upon themselves to give you advice and to quote unquote look out for you in many ways. Or if you're in the social justice space to quote unquote call you in or call you out or do all the calling they have to do. Um, and you, again, you do not have to engage. Someone once told me that calling myself an orphan hugger was the most offensive thing she'd ever seen and made me look quote unquote, hopelessly naive, unquote. Now, obviously that just, that's stuck because that's still in there. Uh, but I had just spent months in countries literally hugging orphans and caring for them. And I was merely being accurate. It was not a big inflated thing. It was just accurate. People have told me how inappropriate it was for me to mention shaving my legs supporting the patriarchy, uh, how completely wrong it was for me to take mar products off the market. Uh, how dare you not take my money or delete a thing or stop selling a thing. Um, and the ways my use of strong language is offensive. Of course they do. It's fine. Um, they've sent me long, long lists of reasons they're unsubscribing. They've said, uh, that they don't want to be my friend and they wouldn't go to the nearest gas station to hang out with me, let alone across the country. <laughs> That is so awesome. That one just stays with me. That person won the, uh, the like fuck you award. They won it so hard that it makes me laugh. Like, wow. All right. Um, but I'm still here. I'm still alive. I'm still vulnerable. This episode is incredibly vulnerable. Uh, I'm still doing my best to avoid self-censoring. I'm doing some Hilma-ing. I'm still taking a stand for the introverts and for the people called to the depths and for the people who are sensitive as fuck and learning to live with it. I am still helping creative humans to do their big, important, magnificent, brutal, difficult, lovely, sometimes lonely work in the world. I am still advocating for the use of your voice to brighten the world or to invoke the world or anger the world or challenge the world or whatever it is you're here to do with the world starting right now. And if you're like, yeah, Kristen, but how do I actually start? Here we go. To be more brave, and this is going to go from sort of a left to right spectrum, show us your face, not you with your kids, not you behind a camera, not you behind an easel, not you with your puppies, um, your face currently as you currently are at the weight that you currently are right now. Uh, show us your full name in the case of uh, many people who have like pseudonyms, like, like Lingonberry photography. Um, I need to know your full name. Uh, I need to know your physical location on planet Earth. Even if you have a virtual company, it's just helpful to know uh, for time zone purposes and for like cultural purposes. I do not speak the same way to someone in Mozambique as I do to the United States because they're different cultures, right? Um, your phone number, 
your email address. Okay. So those are all at the, at the far end of the spectrum and look on your website for those things. Cause they may not be there, even though you think they are, they might not. Uh, the next one is to take baby steps into a less vanilla business. So that's as you begin to expand, you begin to repel people so that you can attract people. If you are neither repelling, neither repelling nor attracting, you have a sort of vanilla business. Those are the people that will work with anyone for any price at any time that don't have a lot of boundaries around how it is that you work and who it is that you work for and why it is that you work. You're also going to share your scars, not your wounds. So if you are um, having an episode and currently in the hospital for that episode, whatever it is, uh, now is not the time to write the definitive guide to X right? You're going to, you're going to give that a little bit of time or a lot of time, depending on take your time, but share from your scars, not your wounds. You can also share your untouched raw work. And that can be with people on your list, people in your inner circle, only your clients, only your special clients, whatever it is, but let someone see those bits. Don't Helma all the way, please. Uh, let them see the work that you don't censor. Let us see the work that you were called to make, which is different from work you don't censor. Because often the work I don't censor is just like a fuck you to society. It's not that interesting. And the work that I'm called to make is deep, is meaningful, is meant for sharing. So show us that. And then at the at the sort of far right of the spectrum, and this is the muscle, this is always the muscle because it just keeps going in a spiral of bigger and bigger things. Um, give us your asks ask for, ask for what it is that you need, ask for what it is that would be helpful and build your no collection. It really is remarkable what a no collection can do. And you can feel those getting harder as, as I go down the list or across the spectrum. So start with those first five and go from there. And if you already have those first five, which is face, full name, physical location, phone number, email address, don't stop. Then it's time for baby steps into a less vanilla business. Then it's time for honing your clientele. It's time for boundaries. It's time for pushing and pulling instead of just hoping people come. You are more than capable of being more brave in business right now. To say it another way, you are more than capable of being more vulnerable in business starting right now. Those are one and the same. If you would like to actively step into the bravest parts of yourself with my support, please check out the voice workshop. It is at kristinkelp.com slash voice dash workshop, or it's in the menu. Uh, it's in the show notes as well. It goes down in Philly on May 20th and 21st, 2019. Um, here's what's going to happen. The voices that resonate the most in your soul so ignore the political voices and the voices that make you insane, but the voices that speak to you of something more, of something better, of something different, of life could be just a touch more lovely and delicious and meaningful. Those people, those people have voices that are wild, kind, brave, and clear. So our goal as we go through the voice workshop is to help you become more wild, kind, brave, and clear. And that means unlearning a bunch of asshole brain bits. That means exploring your own edges and the place that you've suppressed your voice over the years. And that means that you get to meet a bunch of like-minded people who kick infinite amounts of ass. I can assure you that the people that are coming, the seven that I know of so far, uh, and we're a few weeks out, so there are probably more by now because uh, I'm recording this way in advance. Um, they are witty. They are kind. They are awesome. They are daring. They do a number of things. Um, and they are really, really remarkable. And they're doing the work 
of diving deeper into uh, finding and using and expressing and refining their voices. And you are invited to come. So please pick up a ticket. Um, please uh, let me know if you would like to bring a friend. I can probably come up with a promo code for that friend. Um, and please, please um, come and explore your voice with me. I can't think of anything better to do for the 10th anniversary of my being in business than to help you uh, refine and define and express and roll around in yours. May you, as the days progress, discover that hearing no is just part of the process and add it to your collection. May you find the courage to be more and more vulnerable. May you easily identify your wounds and your scars so you don't mix them up and get hurt. May you minimize your vulnerability where it's just not helpful or where it won't count. And may you discover the delight and the joy in deepening your life, your work, and your business today and for all the days to come. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly, scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format, one gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now and we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.